then for the listening audience, what does, how do you define democracy then? Yeah. When we talk about democracy though, this mm -hmm. is such a loaded term in the Western world. And, mm -hmm. and I even go back to what does this word actually mean? Where does it mm -hmm. come from? And it comes from the ancient Greek. And I won't go off on a tangent on etymology because we're speaking in plain language today. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. to me, democracy means that the people are empowered to mm -hmm. elect their government. Right, of course. Right? That's the main idea of democracy is that we get to choose who leads us. Yes. And so are we choosing David Eby as a people? Mm -hmm. If right. the NDP didn't even really vote on it, but like mm -hmm. forced him through and now he's the premier. So that's kind of like a question of do we have democracy here? And the other thing is if leaders are elected through the party system, not by the actual people. Mm -hmm. Like that's a question I have. Exactly. That's like they're being chosen for you, right? The other thing is that we in the Western world use the idea of democracy as a justification for atrocities, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years. It's this Eurocentric view that our system is the only one that could be right. Yes. So let's touch on socialism. That's a term I hear a lot about. My, I'll tell you a funny story about my dad. My dad's a bit of a, a character. He lives in uh, Colorado, and he's like a cowboy, right? And, and he's a dinosaur. And his neighbor had a he had a Democrat sign on his front lawn, and he was cutting. They were both cutting their grass. He looks over at him. He goes, and he says to him, he says. I think I'm going to start looking at you sideways now. I didn't know you were a socialist. But I started laughing so hard. I just like I almost I yeah, I almost died laughing. So, what is this what is what is a socialist? I'm probably very different what my dad believes what a socialist is. I want to again speaking in plain language. Mm -hmm. To me, socialism really means mm -hmm. caring about one another. Right. Creating a Sounds system where terrible. everyone is taken mm -hmm. care of. Right. right. Think healthcare. Think right. roads. Think schools, mm -hmm. education, like free mm -hmm. access to education. Mm -hmm. That's really what socialism is. Right. More in a um, dictionary definition way, it's a mm -hmm. political philosophy that emphasizes collective ownership of the means of production, distribution, and exchange of goods and services. Right. Right. And and for some people, like like my dad, who's you know again. Why do they think they're so opposed to such an idea? Uh, well, the Red Scare comes to mind, mm -hmm. right? So, like, I'm in my 30s, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I was born in 1991, which mm -hmm. is, you know, when we were seeing the end to the Cold War. But right. still, a lot of that stuff stays with us. I think about pop culture, mm -hmm. right? Like, how we demonize, um, like, after 9-11, how we've demonized people in the media, like in movies and things like that. Who's the bad guy in most movies? Yeah. Like a Russian or a yeah, Muslim. Socialist, or, yeah. We're demonizing people through our social commentary, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason that I think people are so afraid of socialism is because that term is tied to communism. Right. And that's for our next communism. Topic. <laughs> it's fun to kind of like armchair philosophize about ideas. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when you put these things into practice, it's yeah. not always as simple as part of my primitive brain. The communist sticks 
you know, movies, you know, uh, the Rocky movies, Rocky Balboa against the evil Russian, against, you know, it's in, it's it's ingrained in our culture, but even myself, communism, like I, I have even, because it's my program. You look at something like, like, look at Nazi Germany, they branded themselves as socialists. Right, that's true. Right? Yeah, that's right. But I think yeah. this is what we were talking about before, like this spectrum and how if you go too far, you fall out the other end. Yes. And the end, the other end is always fascism, totalitarian, authoritarian, yeah. limiting freedoms, etc. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's really the issue is that when we are othering people, when we're mm-hmm. operating from a place of fear, yeah, of fear of the other. Mm-hmm. We start reacting with anger and wanting to control things. And right. Like yeah. these these ideas are old, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're very old. Some of them are still relevant and we should still be talking about them. But sometimes I think to myself, why are we still spending so much time going over these ideas when really what we should be doing is looking for new solutions. Oh, I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. Not that we shouldn't talk about them. Uh, Sorry. Language can be very weaponized. It was about, maybe about 2010-ish, I would hear this term. It was technocracy. I don't hear it as much anymore, but it was a term that was thrown around. When you think of technocracy, what do you think of? I think of, uh, I was like, in my brain, because I have like word association, I think of like autocrats. Yeah. Yeah. But so technocracy, it's kind of this idea that we have like, like experts in charge. Right, right. And honestly, I I would not personally fully subscribe to that ideology either. But Mm -hmm. if you think of it this way, in our system right now, we elect a government the people who are elected to government then get put in charge of a ministry, right? Like mm-hmm. the ministries are divided up amongst the MLAs. Those MLAs become minister of health or whatever. Right, right. Yes. But yeah. who's actually running the ministry? Right. Do you know? Usually the deputy ministers, right? Yes. And yeah. they're not elected. No. Yeah, you're right. They're experts. They're nonpartisan. Yeah. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be nonpartisan. And the whole idea, and if you look at a lot of the political language as well, it's starting to be, we listen to experts. This is this interesting thing of like, we already have a little bit of that in there. Yeah. Like, who do we elect into politics? Doctors, lawyers, yeah. like mm-hmm. our premier in BC is a lawyer. Right. He yeah, was the former right. attorney general. Is an mm-hmm. attorney general who's a lawyer, not a technocrat? So that's kind of where I like to push back a little bit. Like these are big lofty ideas but if you kind of cherry pick you realize we have some socialism some technocracy yeah we are like, a we blend have of everything of in our systems in our quote-unquote democracy but by definition a technocracy mm-hmm. is a political philosophy that advocates mm-hmm. for the rule of experts and scientists in right. the management of society and economy and again i think who who are they really listening to when it comes to like health look at bonnie henry Yes. Yeah, of right? course. During the pandemic. Like yeah. The the idea of direct democracy, like the Swiss model. I've heard that around. That's the ideal model. Everyone gets to vote on important issues that affect the community. Because again, I and this and the reason why I brought this up and I thought it would be a great uh, conversation to touch on because I just looking at the the city of Vancouver in itself, right? We had a we you know, we have a street pacing street for a long time. For me, The businesses, the businesses in that area have really been getting hit hard. Yes. Like, I think it was the J.J. Bean close was the catalog. Yeah, recently. Yeah, recently. But now look at it. The drugs are more dangerous. 
right? And that's a different conversation. But you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's a serious situation. And one of the, my issues, and this is something I brought up, I've been bringing up since day one of doing my podcast now, uh-huh. is the exploitation of people. The the women that are being targeted by predator drug dealers. And, you know, it's awful. The human misery, the cost of human misery is is. Yes. And there's been all these approaches of how to how to approach it and safe supply and the four pillars and this and that. So the reason why I bring up the direct democracy is like, how do we come up with maybe a solution where the people, the stakeholders are involved? How do they? Because at the end of the day, I think that the people involved should have more of a voice, if that makes sense. I and absolutely agree. And sometimes I think they get tuned out, if that makes sense. So. I have many thoughts that have come from you saying that. So I'll try Mm -hmm. to say them in a way that's understandable. But um, we'll we'll get back to Switzerland. But for a second, sort of a version of anarcho-syndicalism is what you're talking about, right? And I know we kind of, I think we talked about that before, but Mm -hmm. the idea of anarcho-syndicalism, like a form of anarchism, is Mm -hmm. not that we don't have government. It's a more decentralized form of government where Mm -hmm. people more like locally Mm-hmm. are involved and in charge of making decisions. Yeah, exactly. Right, Like that's kind of the base idea. There is a democratic process mm-hmm. in forms of government like that. Like I would think of like a, the way a board functions, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. you, have like a, a, you have a membership, mm-hmm. you have a board of directors, you maybe have an executive team, mm-hmm. but those people are directly elected from the membership. And yes. the membership has quite a lot of power for all of the decisions, they can overturn decisions, they can mm-hmm. get, remove people easily. And that's really like, could we remove our premier or prime minister easily if we, like, if they no, did something it'd be purple, difficult, yeah. right? That's really something I think about, like, like I, I think I said this to you before we started, I, I like to think about the difference between government and mm-hmm. governance. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And like, yeah. government is the body, like the people mm-hmm. in charge, or the institution, if you will, because it doesn't matter who's there, it's still mm-hmm. the same institution. Mm-hmm. Governance is the way we actually take care of people and make decisions. Right, of course. Right? Yeah. And when you look at something where you're wanting a more direct democracy, Mm-hmm. A key component of anarcho-syndicalism is participatory education. Yes. Right? Yeah. And if we look at the way that we are teaching kids, mm-hmm. like, they are not learning. No, no. Right? Like, you're no. not learning. This is something, I, I was in university for about eight years. I didn't learn hardly anything in the classroom. I learned everything I know mm-hmm. from talking with people, from mm-hmm. experiencing things, from actually running things, from running mm-hmm. for positions. And and the whole point is that you have problems and you have to engage in creative problem solving. You have right. to work together to come to solutions. Mm-hmm. There's a problem with the way we teach people because it's so individualized. Not not so much individualized, but like focus on the individual doing everything on their own, going off mm-hmm. on their own to start their own life. We don't mm-hmm. talk about the idea of social responsibility. No, of course right? not. Yeah. And in order to have a functioning direct democracy. You mm-hmm. need participatory education and yes. you need to have a strong sense of moral responsibility to each other. I, 
Yeah, and I agree with that because one of my things is that when you see society being deteriorated, it can't be solved unless people feel that they have some responsibility to their society, right? If you're just completely selfish, do whatever you want, do it my way, you're going to rub people the wrong way. You're going to get into conflict. You're talking about is agency. Okay. Right? Feeling that you have agency in the system, feeling that you matter and that you can have a positive impact on mm-hmm. like your world, your country, your neighborhood, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the way that we have politics set up right now in, in Canada and BC, et cetera. And I would, I would arguably say even in the States, like mm-hmm. does your average person feel like they have agency in that system? Like they can make change. Yeah, no, right? I, I don't the, think the so. The problem is that mm-hmm. we don't understand how the system works. The biggest issue honestly is ignorance right but that term feels like an attack when Mm -hmm. you say you're ignorant it's like you're calling someone stupid yeah yeah and that's really the problem a knee-jerk reaction yeah Yeah. but the reality is that to me instead of saying we're ignorant i want to say we're not curious enough yeah or kept in the dark maybe (laughs) well there's yeah some of it is intentional right and again that's a whole other thing but of course yeah of course like the whole idea of political language confusing people with jargon and government and legislative legal language and financial language it's very confusing because it's it was never intended for working class people yeah, no, I totally agree. It was agree. intended for the ruling class only. Mm-hmm. These systems of oppression were created to keep the working class oppressed. For sure. When I was a kid, and this is just something I want to touch on. When I was a kid, and when I, I, I first lived on the east side of Vancouver, and and the city was uh, very divided by east and west. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when ele- still arguably is a little bit. Yeah. And 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 when I, when election time came, it was social credit all on the on the on the west side and NDP on the other side, and there was this very divide. And then um, I went to this uh, my my mom's side of the family uh, would send me to this fancy summer camp, mm-hmm. and and I'd interact with these kids. And because I tell them I was from the east side, oh my God, I may as well have been an alien. They thought I was from yeah. like Compton or Watts. Well, or, I was gonna say, I grew and they really looked down on you. They really did. They really did. Oh, like you're, you're from, you live in the east. Like it was like, it was like the the worst ghetto. And the thing is some of the, I, and, and I, and I, and when you talk about just, okay, like far as if you want to do a, like a measuring of who's wealth here, I, I believe that's probably some of the Italian dads that were contractors were probably a lot richer than than on the ones that were just accountants living on the west side that had some of grandpa's money, if that made sense, right? So, but they really looked down on you. It really was. And so that made the people on the east side really resent the people on the west side. And that's where you got these kind of like the old East Van tough guy attitude, the East Van cross and stuff. We'd, we'd draw it all over. Say, my my but, dad grew up in East Van and I grew yeah. up in Surrey. So a lot mm-hmm. of that lives in me also. Yeah, and that's the thing. And then, and then eventually, but then in grade uh, eleven and twelve, I went to uh, Kitts High School. It was a whole different. It was a whole different world. It was more. But back then, it was still a very hippie neighborhood. And and but that's a different story. But there was this thing, right? If you were from East Valley and you walk over there, it was like there you felt it like you actually felt it right you felt like you were like lower class you were you know and, and, and that probably kind of sticks stuck with me too if that makes you sense know, when i first moved to olympic village mm-hmm. okay i was 23 mm-hmm. and i was a, a young student a young woman from surrey mm-hmm. and i felt that moving here 
-hmm. because especially when I first moved to Olympic Village, it did not have any co-ops or social housing. Okay. It did not have modular housing. Mm -hmm. It was all high rises and mm -hmm. mostly like young work, like working people, but not quite working class. Yeah. Right? Whereas yeah. now this neighborhood has changed. Now we have social housing. Right. And I feel so much more at home here because I don't feel right. like I'm the only poor person. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like that's that's something that I think is still very prevalent in Vancouver. Like, I'm yeah, there is still some of that, definitely. But that's yeah, what I was I bringing spend that a lot point of time up. with people who consider themselves affluent. Yeah, right. Yes. But there's or they this, came from the right family and they're the yes. right this but and the right. So yeah. silly because, yeah. like you said, I know plenty of people who mm -hmm. don't look like they have money. Who yeah. have a shit ton more money than a lot of yeah. the people trying to convince you they have money. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing, though, of why do we do that? It's mm -hmm. because we want to other people, right? Right, like, right, that right. Is a version of ignorance and fear. Because well, that's why I brought it up. Lose what they have. Like, people think, like, have you ever heard people say, privilege isn't like pie. If I get a slice, that doesn't mean you get less. <laughs> right yeah, of course and yes. i think that's really the problem like we see this in vancouver still like mm -hmm. obviously you know things have changed in the last few decades and they're still mm -hmm. changing mm -hmm. but this is where when you say to someone oh this group of people needs this yeah they yes. hear you're taking it from me yeah, yeah yeah that's a good point but that's why i brought it up because you're saying that that connection to community right that's it's an i think it's an important thing and i think it's an important step to making the community better when you mm -hmm. when like you say when when he when especially like a kid right and he's from the east side and 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 you know, i'll tell you something quick too most of the kids because i you know i went to kitsilano high school and i went to templeton my dad went to templeton oh really oh awesome yeah but I'm saying the people that were generally that I went to school with from Templeton were way more successful than the people that went to Kitts because yeah. they had this thing that they were being looked down on. You're poor. You shouldn't even be on this side of town. Well, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I yeah. have that in me. I definitely oh, yeah. have that. I'm going to prove. I'm going to prove you wrong. You underestimate me. I'll I'll prove you wrong. Right. And I'm like, yeah. Just watch me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. So let's get to the the Swiss model then. What's what's your thoughts on it as as a as a model uh, of of uh, as a political system for these more nuanced subjects that do affect us? So like I'll talk about it kind of generally, especially in Switzerland. Like the the very quick little thing I looked up before we chatted is that mm -hmm. this tradition of direct democracy in Switzerland mm -hmm. is like mm -hmm. hundreds of years old. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's part of it is that they've they've had this for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea is that citizens are mm -hmm. able to directly engage in the political process. Mm -hmm. Like they do a lot more like referendums mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and voting on issues. Right. Whereas here, all we vote on is electing our leaders. Right. We don't yeah. Actually have any direct involvement in making decisions. Mm -hmm. Right. So in a direct democracy, the idea is that you have agency to make decisions about how you will be governed. Right. Not just who is governing you. So we have a sort of direct democracy in the party systems. Right. 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 So mm -hmm. members of parties. And this is why I was saying, think of kind of how a board functions or yes. a nonprofit yeah. society. Right. Mm -hmm. 
the membership, the constituents, the citizens have more influence over those in power. Mm -hmm. Instead of a top down structure, you almost have a pyramid flipped on its head. Right. right. So the membership is at the top. Mm -hmm. And that means that when you if you do have a leader or a mm. set of leaders or a committee, for example, mm. they're beholden to the desires and direction of the masses, mm. right? Now, there's a question, does Switzerland have, you know, any problems still? Like, do they have yeah. racism, poverty, mm -hmm. arguably like less crime and poverty than we see here? They have mm. better health care, fewer mm. people in prisons. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can you can see that in a lot of Scandinavian countries as well. Right. But again, if you think like this is a little bit more like uh, not heavily researched, but I'm part Norwegian. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. something I know, like even if you watch the show Vikings, for example. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They have like like a mass committee. Okay. Like, there's functions where they get together to make decisions like mm -hmm. you can see this in a lot of indigenous cultures like you might right. still have a leader yeah but the people are able to remove that leader are right. able to influence that leader are able to access that leader right right yeah. and and this is really where i say like sure switzerland might have this but mm. I don't know the answer to this. Could I walk in and speak easily to any politician or government official in mm. Switzerland? Yeah. Right. And and can you in Canada? And mm. like we were discussing earlier, even if I speak with a politician or a government official, are they going to speak to me as a equal? Yeah. Or talk, talk down. down? To yeah. And this is really my issue is that having worked in government, like I have seen how mentally unwell and egotistical politicians can become yeah. and i don't think that any country really that i've seen doesn't have some of that issue it's a cult of celebrity with politicians yeah, it is like, it is and we see that a lot and i think following this conversation down this, this is what my thoughts are this is that you know for the last decade especially we can go back even farther there's something wrong with our system, right? We're paying as Canadians, we're paying a lot of money on different levels of taxation, right? And I don't think that we're getting what we're paying for, just, you know, boiling it all down, right? No, no. <laughs> I, I feel since the, the good queen has passed on, I think, do we really need a monarch system? I'm just saying this guy in a billion dollar hat saying he's he wants teenagers to stop smoking oh that's wonderful thanks how much money do we waste on pomp and ceremony yeah you know right what I mean? like it's, i yeah. when i watch like the government being sworn in like oh, i understand yeah. there's there's value in ceremony there's sure, value of in celebration but yeah. does it need to yeah. do you know what i would personally do with our parliament and our legislature mm -hmm. kick all of the politicians out stick them in fucking portables <laughs> and give that back and make it a school or a museum or an educational yeah. center or a hospital. Why are they working in a castle? You carry yeah. a mace around, quite literally a foul. Yeah, and, and wear pirate hats. <laughs> yes, it, it's so nonsensical and yeah. outdated and unnecessary. And, you know, I even think like during COVID, we, sh we proved politicians can work from home. Yes. Why are they still spending all of this money, all of this yeah. time flying all over the place? And, and, you know, if you really want to go down a rabbit hole, like really want, maybe it's a whole nother thing. 
I have zero idea what a Canadian senator does. That's a really great question. Yes. You know what I mean? And they make so much. Do they know what they do? So I used to work uh, when I was in in Kits. I worked at a gas station on 4th McDonald's. It was a Chevron. And so I remember, oh, Pat Carney, she was a a senator. And she, of all the people came in, she was the meanest lady. And I'm thinking, (laughs) and she would just stir at you like, hi, ma'am. I just really flowered up and she would just be like so pissed off. Like this peasant, a peasant is talking to me. My point is, I remember she was in some scandal. Of all the senators, she had the biggest like uh, travel expenses. Like she was spending something was something obscene, like four hundred thousand dollars a year in travel costs for what? What do you do? What do you do? You you know what I mean? So our system, I do, I truly believe this. The Canadian system needs to be reformed. You know, Queen Elizabeth. You know, God rest her soul. Don't want to say anything bad about her. She's passed on, right? I'm not a fan of Charles, you know, I watched, did you have anyone watch The Crown? You can get a little yeah. idea why, yeah. right? You know, I was a big fan of Diana, you know, and, and that's the only was, royal. She was a person of the people. Yeah, and that's the that's only why. royal I really respected, right? And then she, and, and but anyway, that being said, we don't need royalty. We don't need it. It doesn't help us. It doesn't There's help the average Canadian. From recent years, this was, I think, in, in 2019, do you remember how the BC clerk of the house and sergeant at arms were found guilty of, like, flagrant overspending? And Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. they bought, it was, like, a wood chipper and, like, alcohol and, like, all this stuff. And yeah. But this is what I'm saying. Take, mm. take any normal human, okay? Yeah. First of all, put them through the process of running in a campaign, which, like, trust me, you mm. will not be the same person at the end of it. That's, oh yeah. That's one oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you bring them into a castle, yeah. anoint them with all the pomp and ceremony of government, yeah. tell them how important they are. Yeah. Pay them all of this money, give them mm-hmm. staff who are not paid the same. Yeah. Like why why was I making like forty thousand dollars and my boss was making like a hundred and sixty? Right. Right. Like I was yeah. doing all the work. I totally it agree. It doesn't make any sense the way that we like mm-hmm make politicians into miniature celebrities yeah. and treat them like royalty. Yeah, lords. Like, of yeah. course they don't think that they can like treat us as equals because we tell them that they're not equal. We tell them they're better. I know another thing I hate too, and I try to explain this to uh, my American family, the titles, weird titles, the right honorable, the right honorable. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. it's it's oh. it's subconsciously <laughs> conditioning us like yeah. the minister. Like and, and yeah. here's the other thing. When I worked in government, they're very specific about their titles. Yeah. If if, a, if an MLA is a minister, even in their constituency, we must call mm-hmm. them minister in all of our communications. Oh, the God. minister. Right. Yeah, your lordship. But like, yeah, it's so ridiculous. And, and then and is the mayor the warship. Yeah, uh, worship. Yeah, I something. think it's something like that. But I, I mean, I, I give people respect. I just, you know, for me, my philosophy is to always be respectful, be polite, be, you know, well mannered. But I'm not going to kiss your butt. Well, it's amazing talk. I really, you know, I learned a lot talking with you this in this conversation. I definitely would love to continue this conversation. And and it's such a treacherous thing. Like for me, I've seen a lot of politics when I was in in the corporate world. I've seen everything, the coup d'etats, the board stuff, like, you know, just like it's like stuff like out of Wall Street, just crazy stuff. I'm more of a blunt person. I've never really been good at 
doing politics. You know what I mean? I've never you know, in these crazy political uh, environments I worked in. I, I don't I don't think I've ever won a political exchange in my life. <laughs> right. But I've always been fascinated by politics. I've always watched it. I've always been you know, like the, I and I and I'd be honest with you. I do love the maybe not this one. This one's kind of like probably the least watchable ramping up for the election season but generally yeah. i do like watching the american elections just because watching them what they're going to do their campaigns their slogans their their you know their talking points that they'll just say over and over again so i'm, I'm fascinated about the craft of politics if that mm-hmm. for lack of a better word right but it at the end of the day it really does have a lot of power over us it really does it affects our lives greatly and it affects our, our way of life and and like i was saying earlier I think it's time for Canada to have a reform. I don't know what that reform looks like, but I think uh, the first part is having a conversation because I don't think this current system, regardless if it's conservative, NDP, liberal, green, or whatever party is, is, is providing the answers to the average day person, the average day person who's working so hard and can't afford to put food on the table, can't put, you know, a roof over their head and can't send their kids to get a good education. Right. And, that, and those are the things that matter. And if you don't yeah. have that, then what do you have? Right. Those are the yeah, basics I, of life. What is most important to me after all of my time working on political campaigns in environmentalism, feminism, social justice, and in government, mm-hmm. we need to demystify and teach people how these things actually work currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that we can have a better like starting point for having the conversation. Mm-hmm. Because when I have these conversations, even with people who sometimes have political science degrees or are, you know, very aware of politics in Canada and in the States, but they don't actually know, like, what does a day in a life of a politician look like? Yeah, I don't know. What do mm-hmm. they do? Mm-hmm. Right. And your average person also just doesn't want to feel so shitty. Yes, and I think the biggest yes. issue with politics is it's so toxic. Oh, like, hell yeah. The internal politics are toxic. Being yeah. on the outside is toxic. And at the end of the day, you get, if you're a half decent person, you're going to get burnt out and you're not going to oh, want to yeah. stay. Yes. Most of us leave for our own yes. sanity. Yeah. And those of us who have stayed, like I've seen this with people I knew, they are mm-hmm. unrecognizable. Yeah, they, they do become the something. Person. I've seen that too. They become like this political animal, or I guess a term I used to hear. Because they're existing in an echo chamber. And and that's the really like going back to how we started talking about the left and the right. Mm -hmm. When you identify with one of those ideologies, even loosely, Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. putting yourself in an echo chamber. You're putting yourself in a a space where you're only going to hear people who agree with you or Mm -hmm. who only slightly disagree with you. And when we talk about things like totalitarianism and authoritarianism, Mm -hmm. a major component is suppressing dissent. Yes. And they say a lot of nice things, especially those on the progressive side. They care about mm-hmm. people with disabilities, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the other term I think that I wanted to like wrap up with is nothing for us without us. Yes, if you want to solve like problems in addiction, if you want yeah. to solve problems in housing and disabilities, mm-hmm. why are the people in charge of those things mm-hmm. so disconnected from those issues? Yeah, there is a disconnect like this. When we started talking, the disconnect was obviously. Yeah, my God. Well, let's leave it here. I I truly appreciate 
spending time with me, educating me. You know, you gave me a lot of food for thought. I appreciate that. I will and... end up all day. <laughs> <laughs> but let's do this again, please. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll continue on. And, you know, have a wonderful 